there's not many I couldn't name many famous Danes <laughs> Sandy Topswick is probably one of the own that, that and Little Mermaid like even, no, what else comes Mer- out of Denmark hello guys and welcome back to Bake Off Undressed my name is Matt aka Topless Baker I feel like I start this podcast with the same intro every week and I usually tell you I'm a self-taught Instagrammer and YouTuber and this week is very interesting because the guest that is in front of me is one of a crew of people that really inspired me to get cooking and to start a YouTube channel and I am fangirling sitting here right now and basically I used to spend a lot of time three or four years ago sitting on YouTube looking at other people seeing how they interacted on camera how they cooked stealing their recipes sorry Ben and it has brought me here today to be topless baker and to talk to you about the Bake Off and this podcast, Bake Off Undress, which is all about the Bake Off. But enough of me, enough of me talking about YouTube. I would love to introduce you to my guest today, who is Ben Eberl from Sorted Food, the one and only. Thank you. Welcome. Such kind words. And I think we should get it off our chest early on. It's equal fangirling because loving everything you do with cakes because it's everything that we are useless at, which is making stuff look good. See, that's what I love. I'm like, I don't care if it tastes bad. I'm like, I just want it to look. We don't have the patience for that. <laughs> I feel like you do. You've got the skills. You just, you have a lot to do. You're a busy man. It's busy and Barry's great with a camera. So he's very good at making stuff look good. <laughs> See, that's what I lack. I'm like, I'm not as good with a camera or, a, you know, photography or videography. So I'm like, I have, to, I have to nail this when I make it so that it looks really good. But thank you for joining me. Um, you're a big Bake Off fan. Yes. And I try and catch up as often as but well. I don't always get to watch it live so it's been quite a, a privilege today to sit here and watch it in real time with we you. We did we sat down on the sofa and we sat in front of the TV and we've just been eating lots of crisps and coffee and water you know because we we go really big here on the snacks no cake. And the actual ability to swipe through Twitter and see real time stuff because I normally have to stay off Twitter until I've caught up with the show because I really get to People see it when ruin it airs. It. People ruin it but we just sat and we watched it and this was week eight I feel like every week I'm like, we're getting close to the end, but we are literally nearly at the end and it was Danish week and we both kind of struggled with this because lots of challenges that we didn't know how to pronounce, I guess. I think that's fair to say. There's not many, I couldn't name many famous Danes. (laughs) Sandy Topswick is probably one of the own, that that and Little Mermaid. Like what else comes out of Denmark? Uh, Oh God, I'm really struggling right now. (laughs) I just, I'm thinking a good football team. If you say uh, so. I mean, um, I don't even know that much about football. I feel like they <laughs> might be a good football team. Moving on, moving on swiftly though. But guys, you can join in the conversation. Hashtag Bake Off Undress. I've already been getting lots of tweets from you running through while we are watching it, which was great. I should read them and check my phone, but I'm not. But thank you for everyone that's tweeted me. So let's do a little recap on the show because we want to make sure everyone listening is informed and they know what just happened. So the first part of Danish week... I didn't. I didn't even catch that. This is the. This is the funny thing. Like neither of us really caught the name of any of the challenges. So the first challenge was an open sandwich. Yeah, I think we'll stick to calling it the open sandwich. It was, what was the name in Danish? Sandy Toxic did a very good job of that, and I'm, we can see why it was Danish week. Like she owned this week. She did. She was on fire from the beginning. Like this is mine. She was raring to go. So they had to make bread. So it was. It was kind of like a mini bread week. Yeah, with the rye bread, rye but bread. it's the open sandwich, which means you've got all the potential to make stuff look good. I think these were like Instagram worthy oh, open yeah. sandwiches. This was like brunch porn. And I have to say, like in, amongst our team, Jamie on the team, he he goes 
mad if he gets presented an open sandwich because as far as he's concerned that's not a sandwich because it hasn't got a lid but i love an open sandwich i yeah i'm i'm with jamie there i think it's if a sandwich it, it's a different thing if it's just one it's just bread with toppings but there's so many good sandwiches out there but there's not many that you can really see what's going on inside see i don't care what's going on inside. i need like that double You're layer about the bread. of like insulation i need that insulation around the filling and it was funny that this was bread week because paul last week who was basically didn't give a crap about vegan week and really didn't really know what he was doing just went he was on fire this week he was he almost looked angry i think he was overcompensating for the fact that he wasn't so much of a fan and i'm guessing vegan week was noel's choice last week did did they get a choice well i'm guessing like danish week was sandy's week actually this sound that actually makes sense and therefore noel must have been the vegan week hence two new topics this series (sighs) right this this is mind blowing Great British Bake Off fact. Well, that's I just I guess I'm guessing. Don't okay. take that as fact. Okay, we might have to we might have to fact check that. But it was funny because as we were, he went in for the first thing. I think it was Ruby, and she was saying, oh, "I've got 200 grams of flour and 250 grams of water," and he was like, "250 grams of water." And then you quoted something interesting, like a bread Uh-oh. science fact that I didn't know. Well, I so I like I like a ratio. Okay. Because like, I can't, I can never remember recipes, but I remember ratios of stuff. And the bread ratio is three, five as a rule of thumb. So if you've got 500 grams of flour, then 300 mil of water will give you a pretty good, reliable, consistent bread dough. Is that someone famous that made that ratio? Is that the Beberol? No, the this, no, I, no, no, I've very much stolen this. I think it's my, uh, Michael Ruhlman, I think. And he's got a whole book on ratios. Same sort of like cookie ratio, one, two, three. Oh. One part fat, two part sugar, three part flour. I'm will give totally... you a fairly basic cookie dough and then you just keep changing up the fats, keep changing up the sugars, keep changing up the flours, but you end up with a one, two, three ratio that means you can mix and match. And the bread, three, five is that. And therefore I think Paul got a bit, you're right, he got a little bit eggy when he was calculating the, the ratio of water he, to... Well, she was doing like literally a one part bread to 1.5 five part wasn't a bad loaf when it came out yeah there we go so moving on to that she actually got well well, not start well we'll talk about that later but she won that challenge the open sandwich challenge he said i've got i've got the quote here he said that she um she was a real celebration of rye bread what she made i don't know enough about rye bread no me either other than it's dense and it's delicious we looked at her loaf and we went oh no that looks a bit dense it cuts thin though and that was i think that's the key see i looked at brinies and i thought wow really good rise nice seeding on top in that fancy sexy little bread tin i was like oh yeah but then she did a horrible job cutting it it wasn't the dark color you associated with a rye and then you also made another moving on to more oh, rye no, bread see, you made it you need to stop referencing all these things i yeah. spurt out of the moment <laughs> it was great there was so much knowledge that i was right now you said they didn't have enough time to properly rest their rye bread because you're supposed to put a wet towel on afterwards uh, to give it yeah this... so i've only ever made it once and okay. this was something that i read at the time and that was the fact that a rye bread shouldn't really have a crust which is why you can kind of cut it even though it's quite oh. dense and if you take it out the oven and put a damp tea towel on it kind of stops the crust from becoming too firm but again don't <laughs> check these facts because <laughs> i've i've only ever made rye bread once in my life it I sounded think. when you said it it sounded confident so i'm just gonna I do a lot it. of that yeah. Say it confidently, and if exactly. we later check it to be wrong, we can cut it out. I literally That's cooked topless on the internet. I mean, that is purely confidence and blagging it the way through. So there's, you know, I'm with you there. And then Rahul, who's been, I mean, the golden child of Bake Off, disaster, had a shocker. His bread didn't even rise. 
Paul even said that when he was eating it, it felt like he was eating raw dough. Going back to dough. I yeah, I well, we were all looking at the pain on his face. His weekly pain. I mean, it's just pain. It is every weekly. I, I I see him as a bit like Eeyore. He just kind of mopes through life and but he's just like, meh, that'll do. Could be worse. Might get better. That's just his style. That's his style. But then when someone says that was crap, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. What energy. Happy to take negativity and and, and criticism, but not a fan of a He should be like a professional negative news giver. If that's even a job, he could just give out bad news. (laughs) I like that. Instead of, what's he like, a a rocket scientist or something crazy? Yeah, that's why I like him. I think he's the man of ratios and science and understands what's going on, but... He didn't put so it off today. This one. And then the second segment, which again, not going to be pronounced. I actually wrote this in a phonetic spelling because I knew I couldn't write the original version. A Danish Abliskiva. 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 Yeah. Did, did I do right, so guys? Isn't that, is the first word is apple, right? You said that as well on the couch. Confidently I again. Like, I was like, I okay. don't know what the rest is, but that, unless you've got one of those pans, that's not something you can just whip up at home, is it? Mm-mm. No. Everyone can give rye bread a go. They look like flat apple pancakes. But they were they were a challenge. They reminded me, have you ever been to Japan? No. They remind me of the takoyaki. Yes. With the octopus and like the other, the spring onions and stuff that you make half of and then flip it over. But these are even more difficult because halfway through the flip, you had to get the apple in there. 90 degree turn, they had to stuff it with a spiced cinnamon apple filling and then flip it again. And it sounded like the instructions were very difficult in this one because Ruby... Who was a, you know, she looks like a smart girl, couldn't quite work out how to stuff it. So, I mean, it, it looked difficult. Some issues heating the pans as well. Some burnt apple, apple clever. I'm just going to, some burnt fritters. I'm gonna call apple them fritters, fritters. <laughs> with, the, with the dipping sauce of the strawberry jam. I think that's the way forward. I mean, we spread it on a scone, but they dip it. Yeah. A yeah. dipping strawberry. It was, a, it was an odd, I feel like the dipping strawberry maybe wasn't traditional. Maybe it was. It I don't must know. I think been. it might be. I'm, I don't know. And then the third segment, which we were you named (laughs) as Danish cake person. Yeah, basically. Which I think it was... Again, to avoid the proper pronunciation. Kagakona? Kagakona. If you say so. (laughs) I'm confident. It's Kagakona. That was it. And they had to make one or three Danishes. One Danish with three different toppings shaped like a person. Because apparently in Denmark, that is traditional. Which you seemed also to have some information about. No, no. No? It reminded me of... What's the... um, Piñata, like yes. at a kid's birthday party, it's full of sweets and you knock it until it cracks open and all the sweets fall. This is like that on a cake. It's it's just full of childish sweets on top of Danish pastry. It was random because they had, you know, a lot of effort going into making and laminating a Danish pastry and then topping it with like bonbons and sherbet. It was like almost like... Quite random. But do you know what I love about Bake Off is the fact that we can sit on the sofa and we can watch it and when the show starts we have no idea what the challenge is or what it is as soon as we've seen Paul and Prue talking about it we are also experts on the sofa and by the end of it we are judging them and we haven't got an idea it's it's, it's crazy but that's what Bake Off does it makes everyone who sat on their sofa think that they have an opinion that matters and that's great the TV see that was it was funny because we were looking at Kim Joy crying I was like everyone's crying this year and Sarah, Sarah, who was also here last week, Sarah's here again this week, said, she was like, Matt, you would cry if you were in the tent. So stop giving them crap for crying because you would be in tears I too. I think and it's like, emotional. Sarah, you're right. Sarah was totally right. And talking about emotions, Kim Joy, 
she couldn't even speak and, and t- say the word creme patisserie because she was so close to tears after Paul Hollywood shredding her. And I, I they went quite hard on that particular mm. judging. I almost, I mean, you never know because you never know how it's quite edited and how much of the feedback they keep in. But I felt like they went a lot hard on her on that particular occasion. She was in pieces. Like she was rushing to get out of there and Sandy was kind of carrying her back to the bench. And Although then Prue, I think, uh, was choking on dry, flaky pastry. So, <laughs> And we had some real burn, burn issues. So Rahul just crisped his. I mean, it was... Well, you, you shouted that as soon as it went in the oven. You said those baking sheets, yep. no chance because they're yep. just going to... They're going to burn from the bottom. Yep. So, and then Manon's burnt from the bottom because basically using like a metal baking sheet and not putting, I don't know, a sill pat or something underneath it. You're just basically... As soon as all that butter seeps out, game over. It's just like red hot bakeness. That's not even a real thing, but just red hot steel (laughs) cooking the bottom of... And like it's happened to everyone that's baked before. You put something in the oven, take it out, it looks kind of golden, then you flip it over and it's just black on the bottom because of the... Especially if it's high in sugar and stuff as well. I mean, uh, I feel like you. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, we've all ha- we've all had a burnt bottom. <laughs> no soggy bottoms, but definitely had a burnt bottom. And then Star Baker, it was. I mean, you said it was a, a quite a weak performance all around. But Ruby Star Baker. Well, considering how hefty the Hollywood handshakes have been the last couple None of weeks, this week. nothing this week, which I think says a lot. Like nobody really excelled. However, no. I think Ruby did an awesome job. Yeah, I really liked her. And we talk about this kind of every week because she was just a little bit mouthy to start off. And then I love Ruby now. She's just developed into such a great character. She's not... I think slightly more understated. I think she's been the kind of... Underdog is unfair, but she has kind of come into her own, I think. She kind of reminds me of like a Selassie, Matt Riley from past series where they're like, I am just going through this to have fun not like going to draw too much attention yeah. to myself in the early days like if i just make it past round one sweet but she is she's loving it now and through to the oh it was not it's not even an all fail all female semi-final because shock this i mean we're going to talk about it later we're going to have to talk about this we're just going to have to get this whole segment but manon went home instead of rahul it in a week where especially for that last bit, it was all about laminated yeasted doughs. And like, she admits herself, she loves... She basically made a croissant. Yeah, pan au chocolat croissant. She said in, in, was it two or three, that's like her her thing. And it didn't work that well today. But, and this is a bit we're both tiptoeing around... Was it the was right it, call? We will cover it later on, though. So, guys, don't don't pause or end this podcast now because wow, lots that's of the jeopardy you needed to yeah, build into. That, well, that's going to happen. But it was, and I got roped in because last week on the podcast I said, "No, what Rahul's going home?" Because in the previews it said he said, "I'm going home." I fell into the trap of the editing, and I thought he was going to go home, and I think so did everyone else. So the first segment of our show, Ben, which you, you're an avid listener, which I love. So you're like, some people come yeah, on this. It's great for the train on the way in the morning. for the train on the way. Which, and you live quite far outside of London. We talk about our icing on the cake and our soggy bottom moment. So our icing on the cake is your favourite moment of today's episode and your soggy bottom, your maybe not so favourite moment of the episode. So 
Give me your icing on the cake, your best, your highlight. It sounds a bit cliche, but I think my icing on the cake was the icing on the cake from Kim Joy. That, again, oh. as ever, and you pointed out, you, the little bit of the thing that you kind of pointed out that you just threw in there, which was she's not even using a nozzle. I hadn't noticed that. But the, the finesse and the oh. care and the precision that she was piping onto, was, was it biscuits that were going on top of her Danish pastries mm-hmm. at the end, or marzipan, was just stunning. It was. I actually wanted to tweet her, but I, I was too nervous to tweet her because it was... She was just so exquisitely piped. She did something that didn't really show, but it was almost just like a weave of icing that was so precise. It looked like... It looked like she'd had hours of time to do mm-hmm. it. And I know for a fact in that tent, you do not have hours of time to do anything. And even that, like the ice, even even aside from the icing, she drew the face and kind of blushed the cheeks and drew the eyes. And it was quite funny because they showed a shot of... Bryony drawing her grandma's face, which was like a cute attempt with a pen. I think it took me back to, week, I can't remember, week two, week three, when, and Terry, Terry's an artist. <laughs> oh, Terry. Right? And some of the we stuff that he was doing <laughs> brought a smile to my face. But I think, yeah, this week, that was proper art. That's just beautiful. Because mm-hmm. Bryony's was like, oh, cute. Like she's kind of drawing her grandma's face. And then they flipped immediately to Kim Joy's and it was like, oh, that is just another level and then did you have a, a soggy bottom so maybe a moment that you didn't enjoy from this week's episode not that i didn't enjoy i think it made, it made me smile but i think the, the the soggy bottom moment for me was the the falling swan oh carving a tomato swan because again go back to open sandwiches they're all about looking stunning and then that swan just flopped onto the carpet and it was game over they teed it up though it was like wow this is the first ever probably carved vegetable going into the bake-off, teed it up, and then... And you, she we should have seen that coming. The fact that they teed it up so oh. well, we should have seen that coming, but... But also, on a sandwich, okay, look, we're talking about, going back to this as on the sandwich challenge, how on earth do you eat a swan tomato Any on open sandwich an open is a nightmare. Sandwich? Sandwich. It's a sandwich you have to eat with a knife and fork. An open sandwich is piled with so many amazing things and herbs and cured fish and pickled things, but you can't really pick it up and eat it. She picked up with a spatula and I was like, this, Bryony, honey, this is just going to be a disaster. Like, I don't know, put it on a giant tray, just protect that work that's gone into it. So that, we didn't get to see the swan, which is unfortunate. Now, for so that me, was my soggy bottom. That was your soggy bottom. So for me, my soggy bottom was Rahul looking so happy after the criticism he got. Like at one point, <laughs> he was like, I don't deserve to be here. I need to be kicked out. But he had a smile on his face. And I was like... Dude, you've had so many opportunities throughout the show. Oh, I'm knocking pens around. You've had so many opportunities to smile and be like gracious and happy and just jubilant about how good of a baker you are that you have one, I mean, a disaster of a week for him by his standards. And he's loving it. He's loving it. I, I actually got a text from someone that said, I think he's trying to lose. Trying to lose? I, I don't got- think anyone would go into the competition trying to lose, but I trouble is this is where I, I i feel for him a little bit because i i've been his biggest fan for many weeks this week i think changed it a little bit but he loves constructive criticism mm-hmm. because i think he's a perfectionist and i think if you're a rocket scientist and whatever it is that he does you kind of have to be a perfectionist and it's all about maths and to the nth degree and therefore some constructive criticism is only going to make him better. So I think he sees that more positively than the love. It is as a as a perfect. I would say I'm I'm kind of a perfectionist when it comes to baking, and I I do agree. Like I always everything I bake, I say, what's wrong with it? Or if something is good though, I'm like that 
is, and I will I will sing my praises. Something's good. I don't know if you're the same when you make something and you know it's good. You say like, yeah, I think you yeah. want to make sure that everyone gets to in, you know enjoy a slice or a serving or, or to taste it if you if you've made something that you you love. But I think we're the same. I think we're not very good at celebrating the good things. And so often you you do something, whether it's a a video or a collab or uh, a talk or whatever, and all the people in the room say oh that was amazing great you're awesome and like yeah thanks for the positivity is there anything i can improve for next time and they're like no 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 it was perfect it's like there must be something you know <laughs> just give us what we can do so we can make ourselves better we're always happy about it being good but what can you do to make it better and i think raul's always in that place now you talk about you and your your group so moving on to you sorted food so you are you are like the og of for anyone that doesn't know what OG is, I'm hit with the kids, original gangster of online cooking. Like and we've got the grey hairs to prove it. <laughs> I don't see any. I'm looking in front of you and I see a great no, hair. Yeah, we've been oh, we've been on YouTube for a long time. Um, so tell me about sort who are sorted food for anyone that doesn't know, who are sorted food? How'd you get going? So in a nutshell, this year is 20 years of friendship. So the four of us who started it have known each other since we were eleven, since we went to school. Oh so goodness. we've known each other from year seven. Um in the UK, first year of secondary school, all the oh, you way. you all went to school together? We went to school together. <gasps> and then it wasn't until we all went to different universities studying different things that we all came back around the same table and food became this conversation and I was able to share a few recipes with the guys and we did a self-published cookbook and then we did a couple of videos to promote the cookbook and that was 10 years ago. So this year's big, it's like 20 years of friendship and 10 years of sorted food. And now all we do because the guys are getting pretty good at this whole cooking lark. You know, it started <laughs> off me teaching them, but now it's about the four of us and James, who's come on board the last, well, I say last few years, six or seven years. The five of us are basically exploring great food together. So it's more about entertainment and inspiration around food as a friendship than it is education, but we hope you'd always learn something. So it's evolved across. And are you doing anything to celebrate the 10 year anniversary? You've got to celebrate that. So there is some special badge on your logo that says. Yeah, what have we done? Well, I mean, last month we went over 2 million subscribers. So that was a, a nice little pat on the back for 10 years. Um, well but also done. we launched our Sorted Club. So everyone can come and check that out. But that's basically a chance to do even more content for the super people who want to get even more involved. And on that Sorted Club, you also have a podcast. I am correct. Correct. Great. So we've been doing podcasts go. too. It's good fun, right? So tell me about your podcast. Um, what do people... So Very... You go, sorry, you go, I'm interrupting. You po- go. Po- very simple. Um, each week, a couple of us bring to the table two food statements. One is a really crazy fun food fact, and one is a complete fabrication. And then the rest of the people around the table have to try and work out what the truth is, what the lie is through questioning. And hopefully at the end of it, you're going to end up with some silly pub trivia, dinner party fact that you're going to be desperate to share with your friends next time you're sat down at the table with whatever the food it is we're talking about. Okay, you've got and you record a new episode every single week for the subscribers for the sorted club. New yeah. episode every single Friday. Okay, very interesting. Now, from watching you and sitting next to you and just observing you in general, you seem extremely knowledgeable about food. So, are you a trained chef? Are you self-taught? Where's your, where's your background in food? Yeah, so I trained as a chef. Okay, um, I trained University of Birmingham. No, um, no, hang on, really. I went to Birmingham University. College of, College of Food and Tourism, okay, which, okay. Is, which is now uh, University College Birmingham. Just and I did things about each other. culinary arts management. So it was half chef half managerial skills, and then put it into practice with various restaurants and hotels and private dining and stuff like that. But actually, I'll be honest, that gives me the foundation of sort of French cooking and how to 
have those skills and adapt them. But I would say I've learned more since Sorted started than even before that, because we constantly learn every single day from our audience, the community, because I ran out of recipes years ago. <laughs> now it's all the recommendations and suggestions from them and the tips and tricks from their friends, from their family that are handed down to the generation. And all we do is curate that into this amazing concoction of something new and put it back out there. So every day is a school day. A million requests for like rainbow cake or velvet red. It was <laughs> originally, but now it's much more about any recipe that means something to someone. So our latest cookbook we're just doing is bucket list. And it's like, what's the one dish that you think should be on everyone's bucket list before they don't have any time left on this planet? And we thought it was to be full of showstoppers. But actually, some of the best stories and recipes are the humble recipes that have just been handed down through generation. And they're the ones that actually actually recreating them and shooting them for the cookbook has been quite emotional because some of the stories are amazing. Oh my God. That's, that is such a good idea. I'm glad someone's... Bucket list cookbook. There we go. I'm glad someone's come up with that idea. That's beautiful. Now, what we also talk about on the show is because Great British Bake Off is a huge minefield for Twitterers. Twitter, I call them Twitterers. Tweeterers. And you got to follow along this week on Twitter because you'll be able to watch it live. We talk about That Takes the Cake, which is the biggest moment from Twitter. And we kind of read the mood of the show. And I think there was, you know, some bits floating around until, let's call it, Danish Gate happened at the end. Danish Gate. Should we title the episode think, Danish Gate? I, like I think that. if someone hasn't already coined that, we absolutely should. There we go. Hashtag Danish Gate. Hashtag Big Off and Just. <laughs> but the reaction on social this week went nuts because people felt, and you guys, if you did watch the episode, you got to tweet us and let us know your thoughts, that Rahul should have gone home and not Manon, and that it was fixed, and that they left Rahul on the show purely for entertainment purposes. Your thoughts? Well, that is definitely the general consensus on Twitter. I, If it was based purely on today's three challenges, then he's almost inedible rye bread. <laughs> he's less than brilliant uh, <laughs> apple fritter things. And although his showstopper looked great, I think all he'd done really was cover up something that had burnt and not worked. And it certainly wasn't a good Danish. I think if it was based on entirely this week, then I think it should have been Rahul going home. However, if it's more about overall, you know, week eight, overall performance the last eight weeks, then I think he's still way up there as one of the top. I think we need some clarification on that because I think it's based individually. Like each week is an individual task. It doesn't matter how many star bakers you've got. And it's all based off that particular week, in which case he should have gone home. On that basis, I think they got it wrong. When they announced it, I did shout duck off to the TV. <laughs> you did. I was very that was your lean forward out of the sofa moment. Yeah. And I was like, oh God, I've just met Ben. I've known him for about an hour and a half. It's now. good to get emotional about yeah. these things. Yeah. It's and a passion I was, point. I was a little bit embarrassed about that. Sorry about that, swearing at the TV. But I was upset that I just, you know, she deserved to still be on the show and I'm upset. <laughs> Speaking of people that you want to keep on the show, we also talk about Spoon Fork Knife, which is one of my favourite segments and one that you said you were very familiar with. So we talk about people on the show that we would like to spoon, that we would like to fork and that we would like to knife. So I'm going to, we're going to start off with, I'm going to ask for your spoons. As someone that 
maybe needs a little bit of reinsurance from Ben Ebrill, needs a little hug, needs some a confidence boost from this week's episode. I'm going slightly off piece with this one. Or you one. can go past the, contestants. That the is, oh, can we? Yeah, if, oh, okay. if you want Didn't to, know that. we can go too. This week, the one person I want to spoon was Sandy. Because I think dressed oh. as her little Viking, this was her Danish week, and I just wanted to take her home and just like spoon all night. I've, see, we've never had anyone vote for the judges, so I just a little that. bit off piece for that. But I think love Danish that. week it had to be. Okay, and then anyone you deserved a fork from them? The fork moment. So you said that you well, you just said you jumped off the sofa at the reveal. Yes. Of the result. The one moment I leaned forward was when Manon did her twisted plaited marshmallows because I love flumps. Do you remember flumps as yeah, a kid? Oh, yeah. I've tried to make them. I've tried to make them. I have tried to make them. They're really difficult. And it's therefore, like so I looked at what she did and thought and that boring. right there is a forkable moment. Okay. Love that. And I got a text from my fiance last week who said Manon had a great bum. Fact. Yeah. Oh, fact. We have had a fact confirmation here. Actually, from ben. you know what my facts are like. You should check that. Yeah, I should check that. <laughs> Let's check Manon's bum. And then anyone that you think you should knife, that should have knifed from the show, that should have gone. Maybe. So we had this chat just before we started recording. And I feel like in the spirit of Bake Off, I'm not sure whether knifing is quite right. They're, they are such a team. The fact they were all rocked up in their Hawaiian shirts oh, this week, it's just like they are such gone. a team. That said, there's one person I'm not convinced should still be on the show <laughs> next week. So we should probably... And I can't believe I'm saying this because he is my series favourite. But Raul. Gone. Get him off. Get him off. Get I can't believe him I'm off. saying it. He just, maybe just he maybe it's a palette knife. Maybe it's, you know, it's a blunt instrument okay. as opposed to yeah. a... Yeah. I see that. Like a small offset spatula. Yeah. spatula off. See, this week I was spooning Kim Joy because mm-hmm. of the tears... Like, it was an emotional episode. Her emotion at the end, I was like, oh, Kim Joy. But then I kind of almost wanted to fork her for that piping she did. So she gets a two-in-one. Buy one, get one free from me this week for Kim Joy because... I couldn't help but notice that when she was welling up a little bit, Paul Hollywood refused to look her in the eye. He yeah. carried on with the feedback, but refused to look up from that judging from the gingham table. There was no... He had that knife in her and he wasn't letting go. He was like, right, I'm going to I'm gonna end you. Yeah, really knocking their confidence. And then I'm with you on the fork. I'm not on the fork. I've already forked Kim Joy. I'm with you on the knife. Rahul, get out, mate. Oh, you're a lot more decisive about yes. that. Well, I've <laughs> I'm a... still slightly sitting on the fence, but I... I've had a lot of weeks of, you know up and down with her hall but this was his time like he did a great job but but this was his time now i uh i have a bit of a an instagram audience who have an interest in you so i'd mentioned last <laughs> week that i was you were coming on the podcast and i got a lot of messages from people like oh oh my god you got ben coming in which was my reaction too um and also just slight side note i accidentally double booked ben two weeks ago so <laughs> <laughs> When we had Tamal on, I was I did an Instagram story saying, "Hey, Tamal's coming on the show." I got an email from Ben being like, "Matt, like, what the heck? <laughs> You're so having just, me." On it's the- normally the other way around. It's normally me messing up the date. So I was just like, "Matt, have I got this right? It's in my diary for like, tomorrow." <laughs> oh, and I was just about to board a plane from Singapore to London. I was like, "Oh, I felt." In awful. hindsight, I'm quite glad about it because I'm not very good with pastry, and that was pastry week. So, <laughs> well, this is Danish week, and we're both even worse. Well, at least we're that. on the same playing field. Yeah, here. we're on the same playing field here. But I did a little shout out to my Instagram audience. And I asked for some questions, by the way, which I got some horrendously inappropriate questions. Well, the good thing is about the whole to um, topless thing is being a podcast, we can both sit here topless and that's yeah. fine. I mean, there's, it's so not many, a problem. there's so many nakedness. Like even our editor column, he's naked right now. Well, still... you know, only only waist above. It's a topless thing. But, <laughs> no, you know, embrace today. it. 
um, but I asked them some questions along with some inappropriate ones that they sent me, which I will not. I only text to Katie, our producer. She's the only one that saw them. But I had some quite good good questions for you. Um, and one of the questions was, do you have any weird childhood food stories? It's really putting you on the spot here. Yeah, it is. Um, sticking with baking. Yeah, um, given the theme of the podcast, I can't remember my age. I was very young, four, five, maybe. And um, I had a child of mine when I was younger, when mum and dad were working full time. Oh, yeah. She would pick us up from school and then uh, we'd get picked up from my parents later on. So we being my brothers and, as well. Um, like it was I, my, maybe my fourth or fifth birthday. And my child of mine, Liz, she's a, she was a phenomenal baker as well. Oh, really? She used to make amazing wedding cakes and do all the um, the flour, edible flowers and the sugar work. Oh. Always stunning. Um, and she, she made me a birthday cake. And we were going to some other event and she was putting us all into the car and you know plugging in the seatbelts. And while she was doing that, she'd put the cake on the roof of the car <gasps> and like put us all in our seats, was clipping us all in. There was just me and a couple of others, like loads of us. And then she ran around the front. No. And off she went and the cake was still on the roof. No. And this beautiful cake that she'd baked me for my... And I wish I could remember the age. I don't know, four or five. Just, you just heard this thud. And she just did that whole head plant on the steering oh. wheel. And it was just like, oh no. And it looked stunning up until the point that it fell from the roof of the car. <laughs> and then you just got like a caterpillar cake just to, just to make it. Tastes, it, it still tasted great. So you picked it off, yeah. off, the, off, the, uh, off the gravel. And then now you are a, you are a chef and a, and a baker. I would say you do both. And I got another question, which is what, what one tip would you give someone? I get this question quite a lot. What tip you'd give someone who wants to start baking? Baking? Yes. Now I, I have one, so I'll give you time to think. But my tip for anyone starting to baking would be a get yourself some digital scales. Oh damn it! Oh. That was literally on the tip of my tongue. Carry on, carry on, carry on. Get yourself some digital scales because you've got to weigh everything. Baking is a science. A cup of this and a teaspoon of that not gonna cut it because a cup of my flour versus a cup of your flour very different. So get yourself some scales and then read the recipe got to That's, read it all the way through. That sounds like we're going back a few series to Mary Berry because she was always in the in the technical. She, she was is. always said, read the recipe yeah. and read it again and then start. I remember doing a test once at school and we had to, I don't, he'd given us this whole like, eight questions and it was like, draw a line, put a circle around it, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, all these tasks. And then the eighth question was, don't do any of the above. And the lesson was, you've got to read the whole thing. And I didn't. And it's so true. But, I mean, if a recipe's written well... And it's been tried and tested. And this is, you know, when we're always looking at our recipes and proofing recipes, we always try and make sure it is very linear. So you're not going to stitch yourself up. Yeah. But I still think it's really important to know where you're going because there's some stages that might have to happen really quickly and you might not have time to look back and reference. So absolutely get to know the recipe. There we go. All right. You, you can Do you I, can steal my tip. That's fine. Yeah. I don't think I have any other. You can steal my tip. That's okay. And then I am... Um, some, on this podcast, I've I've had some famous guests who have met or cooked for famous people. And we, well, Katie, who's our producer, just dropped one in earlier, which I kind of thought was a joke question. She goes, Ben, have you met the Queen? And literally Ben's face, you should have seen it, guys. It was like the Queen was his mother. He was like, yeah, of course, of course I've met the Queen. So as long as, as, as well as meeting the Queen, which I kind of want to hear about separately, who else have you met that is... Fame. Have you cooked for anyone famous or just met someone famous? You know, who's on your list other than Queen Lizzie? Um, okay, Queen Lizzie we'll come back to. Okay, okay. But <laughs> only because it's exactly the same occasion. I also cooked for Gary Barlow. 
which I think is probably one of the more universally known uh, yeah. people that I've cooked for. Um, and the occasion was very cool. And that was the same occasion that I cooked for the Queen. Okay, so both, was that, what was the event? So it was her birthday. Hang on, which, which birthday? Uh, oh, that's it a, a big, like... Good question. A, a, when she had her anniversary, she had a, I want to say, oh no, 86th birthday? I thought I you were going to be like a big 90 or something. No, no, no. Okay, okay. So it was, it was whatever birthday she was in 2012. <laughs> I'm just doing the math. And what it was, did you it, was the, what it was did Jubilee. You it was her Jubilee. Okay, okay. And there was the big Jubilee song that Gary Barlow wrote yeah. with uh, Android Webber and they performed for the Queen on her birthday afternoon and I was cooking on that occasion. What were you making? Uh, it was a small number of hors d'oeuvres. So it was kind of, we did like Welsh rabbit. We did little um, little savouries. We did uh, scotch eggs made with quail's eggs. Just li- little hors d'oeuvres and things. Did you get sent a little thank you letter afterwards? Like hand signed by her. So I was like, Ben, thank you so much. For no. <laughs> no. What? I mean, I was lucky enough to be in the same room as her. Like I cooked for her. Did and she just, say thank you to you? Like, it was a nod of approval, oh, which I count as everything oh, I that, needed. That's everything. <laughs> Who needs a bloody letter when you get the nod of approval from Queenie? So next week is the semi-final and what we thought was going to be an all-female semi-final, which it was not, unfortunately. So what do you think about next week? They didn't really give us much information other than it's a semi-final. They didn't even actually tell us the theme. No, they didn't, did they? No. We saw them all rushing around. I was actually just quickly Googling while you were talking. <laughs> I was like, what Have the they announced the it? theme? No, I don't know. Um, what do I think? I think unless Raul pulls something out of the bag, absolutely incredible, he has to go. I mean, I know this isn't filmed in real time, so I know they're not reacting to public opinion yeah. on social media. But he had a poor, he got through by the skin of his teeth. Paul, so Paul if he doesn't absolutely nail it next yeah. week, then he has to be going home. Because Paul pulls into one side at the end of this episode and was like, mate, pick it up and he goes yeah I'll try I'll try so of course you will try <laughs> like what are you talking about you just have the worst week he ever is, but he is the he is Mr. State of this like he was when he was drawing his thing he was just like it's a human so it needs one head it's like he just everything he does always like it's I'm running out of time so I should probably move a bit quicker but like everything he says is just stating the obvious now you said he was your kind of fan favourite before you'd come on or watch today's episode do you th- are you picking him as the winner for the series or have you got someone else in I mind I was thinking now? that might have been the case probably up until today. And he just sort of crumbled today. And I think he'd already accepted that he was going home today. I think um, I think it was a surprise to him as well. He paid someone S- off. So I don't know um, who I think is now in the, in the short running. I think I'm with Kim Joy and Bryony. Those are my two in the running for it now. Kim Joy, definitely all of her bakes look amazing and look the best over the weeks. I feel like from week one, I called it as Manon. So that's, I've lost out on that now. Well, that she was, should still that was be my here. bookie favourite. She should be here. Um, from week one and that's that's gone. So maybe, maybe Ruby, if she carries on doing what she did today, but I wouldn't say today was spectacular. I don't think anybody Mm-mm. truly excelled. So... I think it's all still to play for. 
Now you are obviously an Excel. Uh, you excel at cooking. I and love your Excel. Knowledge. You, that, I, yeah. I do <laughs> Big love fan Excel. Of Excel. I yeah. do love a bit of Excel. Oh, Microsoft. Love Excel. a bit of conditional formatting. But where where can we find you? I mean, <laughs> this is difficult because if you don't know sorted food, guys, where on earth have you been? If you Google anything, I mean, it's basically sorted food that comes up. But where can we find you, Ben? And where can we find sorted food? We keep it very very simple. Uh, at sorted food on Instagram. At sorted Makes food sense. on Facebook. At sorted food on Twitter. And we're youtube.com forward slash sorted food. Or you can find us on sortedfood.com. Lot and then simple. And then your bedroll. At bedroll. At for bedroll. B Ebrel. On Instagram Bebrel. and on Twitter. Yeah. And you talk a lot about gin, I think, on Instagram. I have a, yeah. You have a real, which I, I have yeah. a passion for gin, but you seem like another level of passion for I've, gin. Yeah, I like experimenting with gin. A lot of time for gin in my life. I love that. I love, I'm going to come to your house in Hereford and come, Hereford, Hereford, Hereford. We won't tell her where you live. Hertford, 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 Hertford. Oh, God, That I, would be a long commute I went Hereford to completely the wrong place. But you're uh, always welcome. The door is always open and there's always I'll bring my dog. food in the fridge, gin on the shelf and room for a dog. Right, I'm leaving, guys. This is I'm very excited for this. Now, we, we have some interesting reviews on the show, and I like to shout out the reviews every week. And this week, we got a review from someone who was begging to be shouted out. It's from Tokas, who was Mark, Betsy, and Mac the dog. And they were listening to all the episodes on holiday, and they said, we're leaving a review because we want a shout out. Like, you know what? Thank Mark, you, Betsy, and Mac the dog. The fact that you brought your dog on holiday, bloody love that. So you are more than welcome to have a shout out. And they said... They want Dan on the show. Do you remember Dan? Have you been? You remember? Yeah. They want Dan. So I think Dan anybody, was your favourite. Let's Dan be honest. Is, like I had Man on for the winner this year, and that's out the can now. But you, you were, you were right behind Dan. Dan and his hubby liked my tweet earlier, so I was feeling like in unison, which I loved. Unless Dan's running his hubby's account or his hubby's running, I was like, yes. So, so I was all about Terry. I was like, oh. <laughs> so if Dan, for comedic value alone, get Terry oh, to the yeah. final. If Dan or Terry, you want to come on the podcast, please just tweet me and I'll, I, wherever you are, I will get you here. <laughs> so if, if you guys are listening, tweet at them because we want them on the podcast. As much as we love you, Ben, we love Dan more and that we want him on. That would be an upgrade. That would be an upgrade. I'm going to come and sit on the sofa and just watch. <laughs> love that. Love that. So guys, thank you so much for listening. And Ben, thank you for no, joining thank us. thank you. It's been good fun. It was an absolute pleasure and an honour to meet you. Like, really. I, I, we joked about it at the start, but genuinely been fangirling over each other's yeah. content for a long time so a dream nice. come true and it's a pleasure and you guys can follow us hashtag beggarfundress leave us a review because it's helpful you know we're at four and a half star average which is it's just good it's epic but we can get to five if just if loads of people give us fives and the law of averages I'm not a maths man but it bumps you up eventually to five I'll give you a lesson Excel. we'll work it out okay <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it guys and I'll see you next week for the semi-final bye, bye.